0: What's good, everyone, and welcome in to a brand new episode of the World Class Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ross, coming to you from my hometown of Chicago, Illinois, bringing you episode five of the World Class Hoops Podcast, No More Pump Fakes. I know it's been, what, two, three weeks in the making, but finally it's here, episode five, No More Pump Fakes, here for Sunday, January the 31st, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Ross. I should say, a recovering Chris Rouse after having watched it having watched the Chicago Bulls game last night against the Portland Trailblazers where Damian Lillard hit the game winning three over Lowry Marking. Bulls had to lead late in that game. But Damian Lillard, man, one of my favorite players to watch. I mean, just you know, logo Lillard, you know, the clutch gene, but stole one away from my Bulls pretty much much the same way as the Bulls stole one from Portland earlier earlier this month when they came back from 18 points down at the motor center to win that ball game but you know enough about the bulls this isn't really supposed to be a chicago heavy show i usually keep that for the thoughts on the chicago bulls segments which you can catch on facebook at facebook.com forward slash at world class hoops podcast and also you can catch the world class hoops podcast on twitter at wchp network and also the World Class Hoops Podcast available on Apple, Google and Spotify in order to catch up on past episodes of the show. Or in case you, you know, sometimes you just couldn't catch in you just couldn't patch into the quick drops. Be on the lookout for for them on the on the Apple, Google, or Spotify. And you can catch up on World Class Hoops co- oh, I'm saying we can caught up World Class Hoops Podcast content. I am recording this late. I mean I've been watching games all day. I did just watch the Denver Nuggets uh, beat the Utah Jazz. Nikola Jokic, 47 points as the Denver Nuggets ended the uh, Utah Jazz. I guess I could say their annual winning streak. <laughs> I, remember, I, feel like, I remember doing an episode around this same time last year, and I think Utah had won like seven or eight in a row at that point. And I, I want to say the streak ended up going as far as 10 games. But I remember doing an episode about Utah's win streak last last around this time last year, and now here we are, Utah, having won 11 in a row. But that streak comes to an end following 40, a 47-point performance from Nikola Jokic, where he had 33 in the first half. Also going on around the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets. They took a loss tonight at the hands of the Washington Wizards, and that was actually, it's actually perfect timing because I was planning to talk about the Nets all week, going in-depth on um, my thoughts on them, um, considering they're, they're being considered as one of the favorites in the Eastern Conference, and even Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers in a sit down interview with Rachel Nichols yesterday discussed the Brooklyn Nets and said ever since James Harden went over there he felt that they were one of the favorites to win the Eastern Conference and I was going to get more into that on this episode as well as talk more about Candace Parker leaving the Los Angeles Sparks to join the Chicago Sky I'll talk more about that from uh, on the sp- on the floor perspective but also since you know I'm from Chicago you know I mean I say that every episode talk about that as well from More of a business perspective, how that could help the Chicago sky moving forward. But uh, also, while I'm here, let me uh, promote Students of the Game, my other show, which you can catch on Twitter at SOTGChicago, airs Thursdays on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash at Students of the Game Chicago, airs at 8 p.m. Central Time, starring me and my co hosts Justin Adams and Joseph Gregory. Also, Catch the Art of the Science Boxing Podcast on Facebook at The Art of the Science, and also catch it on Twitter at A-R-T-O-F-S-C-I Boxing, hosted by my co-host and good friend Justin Adams, in which you can catch both Students of the Game, The Art of the Science, along with the World Class Hoops Podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Also catch The Art of the Science on SoundCloud and YouTube as well. At this time, I'd like to say condolences to the families of two members of the basketball family. First, I'd like to say the condolences to the family of Sekou Smith, the writer of the award-winning writer of NBA.com. Earlier this week, he passed away at the age of 48. And also, I'd like to say condolences to the family of famed Temple Owls head coach John Chaney. John Chaney was the head coach of the of Temple, the University of Temple for 24 years. And during his time at Temple from the years of 1982 to 2006, amassed 516 wins. So I just want to use this moment to say condolences to the families of Sekou Smith and John Chaney, two members of the basketball family that were lost this week. I'm gonna tell him. No, I don't care what the doctor said. We got to tell him now. Part of the signs, AOTS, the realest boxing podcast in these internet streets. This is our block. Now you're going to get down or you're going to lay down. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. The videos are on the YouTube and Facebook page. Audio, you're going to hear that on Google and Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud no 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 he needs to know okay he's always crying come kick it with the realist every friday follow me at ja underscore the realist at art of side boxing that's a-r-t-o-f-s-c-i boxing That's on facebook instagram twitter now you either get down or you lie down what's it gonna be sunshine It is 9.25 p.m. Chicago time here on January the 31st, 2021. And yesterday, Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers, he had a sit-down interview with ESPN reporter Rachel Nichols. And in that uh, sit-down interview, Anthony Davis admitted that the Brooklyn Nets are the biggest threat to the Los Angeles Lakers out east in terms of the Los Angeles Lakers defending the NBA championship in the interview Here's the quote from Anthony Davis. In the interview, he said, it's a threat. They're definitely a threat, Davis said. They're a team that can score, score at will. They're a good team, and I think they're the favorites in the East now since Harden went over there. So it's going to be a fun battle. That's definitely going to be a battle, as I'm reading that off of sportingnews.com. So Anthony Davis, he thinks the Brooklyn Nets are the favorites to win the Eastern Conference and dethrone. Or at least have a shot at dethroning the Los Angeles Lakers in the NBA Finals. But are the, are the Nets really the favorite to win the Eastern Conference? And I'd say when you look at the team on paper, when you look at the offensive firepower, you can understand why the Brooklyn Nets are the favorites. They're the number one team in the league in terms of scoring. But if you're asking me to give my personal opinion on who I think is the favorite to win the Eastern Conference... In the 2020, 2021 NBA season as I dragged this out for dramatic effect. I actually think it's the Milwaukee Bucks. And the reasons why I personally say I think Milwaukee is my pick to win the East. One, because when we did the when we did the season preview show, I said Bucks and Clippers would be my finals and I'm not one to go against my own picks. But two, if you really want me to justify it, you know, on the floor. I'll be honest with you. I do think Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn is the favorite. I do think the Nets are the favorite. But in terms of prediction, I'm still sticking with Milwaukee. I'm still going to stick with the Milwaukee Bucks. And the reason why is because just as as much as Brooklyn is number one in the NBA in scoring, Milwaukee is number two in the NBA in scoring. (laughs) Just as much as Brooklyn is number two in the NBA in offensive rating, Milwaukee is number one in the NBA in offensive rating. So while Milwaukee may not have the, I guess you say can say the marquee names in terms of offensive production, like a Kevin Durant, former MVP, James Harden, former MVP, three-time scoring champ, Kyrie Irving, who is a very great player, one of the better players in the NBA. Doesn't, he's, got, he's a former NBA champion. While the, while the Nets have the players with the marquee value names, when I watch Milwaukee play, Milwaukee's half-court chemistry, I, I, other than the Golden State Warriors when they had Kevin Durant, I think Milwaukee has been the best half-court offensive team probably the last four or five years in the NBA. Maybe maybe not the full five, but they've been one of the top teams at least the last three, three years in the league in terms of half-court offense. And... Haven't watched Brooklyn, literally just got done watching the Nets play against the Wizards about an hour ago. And haven't watched the Nets pretty much struggle in the middle of the second quarter with, with, the, with guys on this, the Wizards' second unit out there with Russell Westbrook. And a big reason for those struggles was the ability to slow the ball down and take the air out of the basketball, which is something that Milwaukee does very well. Well, they'll give the ball to Giannis and of in the post, and everyone sort of swing around him, or everyone sort of they sort of back get backside motion off of what Giannis is going to do, in, anticipating double teams. There've even there have even been times where Giannis gets the ball in the post, and the guys at the top of the key are the ones calling out the play. I remember watching the game, literally a week ago, they were playing the Hawks. He had the ball in the post, got double teamed, and Brooke Lopez was calling out calling out the pass to Chris Middleton and and Janis hit Chris Middleton who by the way is having an amazing season for the Bucks having another career year is Chris Middleton averaging 21 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists and having a 50-40-90 season, 50% from the field, 40% from 3 and I think he's shooting exactly 92%. If I am if I'm being exact, I think his numbers are 52-40 and 92. But I, he's having another 50-40-90 season for the Bucks in terms of percentages. And, and, you know, on social media, you know, for the past few years, Chris Middleton has been one of those guys that catches the how-does-he-get-in-over-my-favorite-player arguments for the All-Star game. But I'll say this. This is the one year where I know last year was Bradley Beal. But this is the one year where I actually kind of would throw the cape on for Chris Middleton, man. (laughs) I actually think Chris Middleton is deserving. You know, the the past couple of All-Star appearances have kind of been marred by the idea, like, okay, he's kind of going because... Milwaukee's the best team in the league, so they deserve two, two guys going with him and Giannis. But this is the one year where I'm like, if Chris Middleton goes, this is, Chris Middleton deserves to actually go to the All-Star game. This is the one year where I'm like, no, he actually is playing for having the best season of his career. So, But he gives me a reason to believe that Milwaukee, I'm not saying that he's the same offensive juggernaut that you get out of a Durant, Harden, or Kyrie Irving. But he is holding his own, and also last year in the playoffs, he held his own as well when they took on the Miami Heat in games where Giannis did not play. Also, Milwaukee, I think, has improved their backcourt just by subtraction. Eric Bledsoe, who actually <laughs> who actually ended up cooking the Bucks the other night when the Pelicans beat Milwaukee, but they got rid of him. They got rid of George Hill. They've added Drew Holiday, who's had some big nights. And I know this is kind of funny sitting here talking about the Bucs and both the, both the Bucs and Nets after losses because the Bucs have lost their last two games, having lost to the Pelicans, having lost to the Hornets. And honestly, I, the reason why I can dismiss Milwaukee losing those games is honestly, New Orleans and Charlotte both shot above their means on those nights. <laughs> like the New Orleans Pelicans... <laughs> I want to say a 27th in the league in three-point percentage, and they shot 40%. <laughs> a team that shot 34% from three-point land shot 43, well above their means. The Charlotte Hornets beat the Bucks, Led by LaMelo Ball, 27 points. Devontae Graham knocking down some threes. Miles Bridges with some highlight dunks for the Hornets. But also lost in that, the Hornets in that same game, a team that shoots, what, 36% from three? Shot forty-seven percent from beyond the arc, <laughs> and you could say the same thing about Brooklyn's loss tonight to the Wizards, a team that's three and twelve, or were three and twelve going in, now four and twelve following the win. But at the same time, the Wizards—this is a team that has the league's leading scorer in Bradley Beal, and also Russell Westbrook, who for uh, another former MVP. And for years has proven he can put up numbers. And tonight he did that. He too put up a 40-point performance to help the Wizards win against the Nets. But what it comes down to, for me, which swings it for why I think Milwaukee, why I why I predict Milwaukee over Brooklyn or, or Philadelphia or any other team in the Eastern Conference, and not to dismiss Philadelphia because they are in first place, but when it comes to Philadelphia, Still need still need to know about Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris in the playoffs. I still want to see Ben Simmons, maybe develop the outside shot. I know he did hit a three this year, so he's at he's at three in his NBA career. He's three for twenty nine. Last I looked at the numbers, but I still want to see Philadelphia put more scoring around Joel Embiid. I know they have shoot. They've added shooting with Danny with Danny Green and Seth Curry, but I'm still curious about Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons. Tobias Harris has had some playoff shortcomings. I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes. And, of course, last year I picked Philadelphia to win the East and ended up getting, they ended up getting swept out of the first round. So, so I'm a little hesitant when it comes to Philadelphia because I kind of put my eggs in that basket last year and it didn't work out. Then when you look at Brooklyn, Brooklyn, some of their biggest issues, one, they need a lead perimeter defender. That's been one of the main knocks on Brooklyn has been their defense. Personally, I haven't been of the mindset that Brooklyn isn't – I haven't been of the mindset that they don't play defense. I'm more of the mindset that they play the pace in the sense that they're, they're willing to give up a layup if it means they know they can take the ball out the basket and score in 18 seconds, which is what they do often. They'll let guys get to the rim, get a layup. It's either Harden or DeAndre Jordan take the ball out the basket. They throw it down the court. Kevin Durant, Kyrie, somebody scores in almost six seconds. Tonight they did not have James Harden, so maybe, maybe the ha- having lost the initiator or their offense hurt against the Wizards. But still, it's it's still been seen that if you slow Brooklyn down and put them in the half court, you can get you can really cause problems to their defense and get easy baskets. That's what Cleveland did with Colin Sexton, putting a lot of their putting a lot of their bigger guys in the high pick and roll. And when you say a lot of their bigger guys, you're really just talking about DeAndre Jordan, Jeff Green and Kevin Durant. DeAndre Jordan who as well as he moves in the high pick and roll on offense, if they if they get him switched, he has problems. He had problems with that tonight against Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, Ish Smith. I know Brooklyn added Norvell Pell who is a who is a shot blocker. He's a known shot blocker in the G League. I remember a few years ago he averaged 3 blocks for Delaware, the Philadelphia 76 sixers affiliate actually I don't remember if he was averaging three. It might have been three or four, but I know he was one in, he was one and two in the in the G League and shot blocks a couple years ago. So they so they'll get him sort of to add some length because honestly, Brooklyn on the defensive side of the ball, with really only DeAndre Jordan having, having added James Harden in that trade by trading Jared Allen, they they really don't have any depth on the on the interior to protect the rim. And so now they add Norvell Pell. Hopefully, or maybe they're hoping they can get him, to kind of just throw a body out there and throw some length, because when you look at Brooke, the makeup of Brooklyn's roster, it's a lot of wing players. You have got Tyler Johnson, Timothy 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 Cabarro. I always struggle with the name, even when he was on the Bulls. Uh, luau Cabarro. They've got Joe Harris, who is one of the who, who's pro- who's probably the best shooter on that team. But he's also been the lead lead perimeter defender as as of late as well, which is a problem has been a problem for Brooklyn as of late. So for for the Nets moving forward, the thing that sways me to Milwaukee one, I think Milwaukee has the depth up and down the roster, not just in terms of you know marquee name scores. When you look at Brooklyn on paper, the top three I think Brooklyn is very top heavy in terms of production. You get Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. James Harden, then when you look at Milwaukee, you got Giannis Antetokounmpo, you got Chris Middleton, you got Drew Holiday, you've got guys that can shoot that I haven't named yet, like Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis gives them a weapon off the bench, Brooke Lopez, there's, there's a number of guys on that team that come in and produce. Now, the problem for Milwaukee, those guys aren't exactly the best shot creators, but when you've added a Bobby Portis, who has been doing pretty well creating his own shot off the bench and you add a shooter like Bryn Forbes, who's been one of the better perimeter shooters in the league, there's not really much of a drop-off for a Milwaukee team that already plays well in the half court. Meanwhile, with Brooklyn, if you take out some of their lead scores, offense is hard to come by. And tonight's game against the Wizards, Joe Harris was kind of, they were kind of playing through Joe Harris during stretches where they didn't have Kyrie or Kevin Durant. Remember James Harden? He was out tonight's game with a thigh contusion. And Brooklyn kind of struggled creating an offense without their lead scores in the game. And that's something that down the road, when you're playing a Milwaukee team that can take the air out of the ball and make you have to make half court decisions, make the game about execution, that's something that really can be tough for Brooklyn to overcome. Now, now in the playoffs, once again, and assuming Kyrie, Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant are all healthy. I'm sure Steve Nash can Steve Nash, Mike Dantoni and all of those guys on that staff. We'll have some way of coming up with the, you know, the minutes management to try to figure out the matchups to to go up against, say, a Milwaukee or Philadelphia or Indiana. But as it stands right now, this Brooklyn team, they're going to need some help on the interior. They're going to need more scoring. They're they're desperately missing Spencer Dinwiddie, who was out with the torn ACL, because they can use his length in the backcourt. And they also can use him as another weapon to put out there with, say, a Joe Harris while they while they give Kyrie Irving a James Harden and Kevin Durant a rest like i said Brooklyn on paper they look like the more attractive team in the eastern conference i mean they they have beaten the bucks Milwaukee has struggled in in these quote unquote big games but i think this Milwaukee team right now is kind of in a good spot in the sense much the sense that, in the sense that they're kind of where the Lakers were a year ago, when the talk was about the Clippers. Remember a season ago, the Clippers beat the Lakers on opening night, and it's all about the battle of LA. You can't wait to see the Clippers and Lakers. Clippers beat the Lakers again on Christmas Day. Then the question: It was all about can can the Lakers beat the Clippers at all this year? And now the Nets—they've beaten the Bucks, the Lakers. They've beaten the Bucs, and that's another, another team. The Bucs beat the Lakers last year. It was question, there were questions about the Lakers. Can they win in big games? Milwaukee, just two losses the other night to the Pelicans and Hornets. And on top of that, this is a Milwaukee team that has played deep into the playoffs the last couple of years, going to the Eastern Conference Finals and losing to Toronto a couple of years ago, losing in the second round last year to Miami. So this is a Milwaukee team that is a little bit battle-tested. And... If you add once again personally I just feel the same way about Brooklyn as I felt about the Clippers last year when I when I said I think the Clippers look good but I just think they need another year. And I just think that same thing about the Brooklyn Nets. I think they look good on paper, but once again due to the lack of the, lack of really lack of perimeter depth in terms of scoring on the second unit, needing a perimeter defender and the lack of interior depth I just think this Brooklyn Nets team is a year away, and this battle-tested Milwaukee team, I just think they're going to end up being the team that pulls away and wins the Eastern Conference. It's really shocking to me to actually say that I think the Bucs are going to win the East, because for years, you know, the Bucs have been one of those teams. I can't see them as a contender until it actually happens, and here we are. (laughs) Here we are. Like I said, the Bucs have one championship in their franchise history. That was in 1971. I was born in 1990, so you do the math. <laughs> you do the math on on why I think the Bucks are relevant, why why I feel the way about the Bucks historically. But here we are, and honestly, Brooklyn Brooklyn is the more attractive team. But personally, if you're asking me to pick. Milwaukee Bucks. I got the Milwaukee Bucks as the favorites to win the Eastern Conference. Once again I, got, I, once again, I picked Bucks and Clippers. For the finals, I'm sticking by that. Class is now in session. Tune into Students of the Game, where Drs. Joseph Gregory, Christopher Rouse, and Justin Adams don't tolerate liars or hypocrites. Word of the week from anybody who wants to start. Hold on, let me get back to my notes, I had it. No, I didn't, I didn't have one yet. You're in detention for lying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Straight up. <laughs> he just said it, he had it in his notes. All right, my he word of the week is lying. He said, no, he didn't. <laughs> word of the week is, um, word of the week is, um. Where his detention is? He's doing at? the same thing he did. He didn't laugh at did didn't do the exact same thing. I didn't lie. He didn't detention a hypocrite. I did a lie. I didn't lie. He in detention for being a, <laughs> a <laughs> a <lie>. <laughs> being a hypocrite, man. I didn't lie. Why you lying? Why are you always lying? Students of the Game, available on multiple platforms where podcasts are heard, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, and available on social media on Twitter at SOTG Chicago and Facebook at Students of the Game Chicago. Students of the Game, be informed, be entertained. Class dismissed. On Wednesday, we got some major WNBA news as it was reported by Ramona Shelburne of ESPN that 13 year WNBA veteran and former two time WNBA MVP Candace Parker would be leaving the Los Angeles Sparks. Candace would be signing a multi year deal with the Chicago Sky, and Candace signing with the Chicago Sky would be a bit of a home. A homecoming, as Candace attended Naperville Central in the local Chicagoland areas. And how about that signing for the Chicago Sky? <laughs> and and I mean, when I saw when I saw that report on social media, all I had was the eye emojis. That's all I could say is just wow, what a pickup for the Chicago Sky. And honestly, the reason why I feel like that is because haven't seen and not to take any shots. Not to take any shots or anything, but having watched the Chicago Bulls the last few years, under the you know, under the Gar-Pax regime, so to speak, you know, trying to get the hometown hero in to try to be be a draw to get people to come to the games. And and to me, all I could think was wow, the Chicago Sky did that way better than Garpex thought they were doing. <laughs> That's all I could think. Was the Sky brought in a former two time WNBA MVP and Candace Parker former champion. The only player in WNBA history to win the MVP in her rookie year. Only three people in American professional basketball have done that. Period. And the other two are Wilt Chamberlain and West Unseld. <laughs> so, so Candace Parker is coming to Chicago. She'll join the Chicago Sky, who have been in the hunt the last few years. And honestly, on the and honestly on the floor. Sticking to on the court, this is, this is a huge signing for the guy because now it gives them the reigning defensive player of the year in Candace Parker who they now can have to match up should they meet in the playoffs against, say, the defending champion Seattle Storm, a stacked team who was led by the backcourt of Sue Bird and Jewel Lloyd. But now you add Candace Parker to go up against Stewie Brianna Stewart in the post. Also, you get Candace Parker to give you some interior offense to go along with Courtney Vandersloot, the WNBA assist leader, the only player in WNBA history to average 10 assists when she did it a season ago. So now you pair you pair Candace Parker with Courtney Vandersloot. And then also you keep the you keep the hometown feeling going as you also got Allie Quigley, who averaged 15 a game. Remember Allie Quigley attended DePaul. She's also from Joliet herself. So, so this Chicago Sky team, along with VanderSluten, Quigley, and then you got Kalia Copper on the wing. You add Candace Parker, along with James Wade, the head coach, who just signed a contract extension, which will carry him through 2025. It seems like on this court, on the court, this Chicago Sky team. Looks like they're ready to make a run at a WNBA championship. And who can blame them? I mean, the Sky have been, they've been in the hunt the last few years. A season ago, inside the WNBA bubble, they went 12-10, and but they were in the playoffs, got eliminated early on. And then a couple years ago, had the heartbreaking loss at the hands of Las Vegas on a buzzer beater. So it looks like the Chicago Sky on the court are ready to make a run. But the signing of Candace Parker off the court might just be, possibly, be bigger for the Sky off the court than it was on the than it could be on the court in terms of the eyeballs that it can put on this Chicago Sky team here in the city. I mean, the Sky when they first came, remember? They the Chicago Sky originally first season two thousand six two thousand seven. They used to play at the UIC Pavilion. Started their first three years, 31-71, and their first three years in the WNBA. Kind of tough to establish any kind of footing with a losing team in a city that, once again, I'm from Chicago, I know, really loves to back winners. Now, we back you no matter what, but when you're starting out, really hard to gain any traction, (laughs) you know, if you're losing out the gate and then not only do you start losing do you start with what only 31 wins to 71 losses in the first three years then after those three seasons move to rosemont and go play at the all-state arena which once again not exactly a hop skip and a jump for for most people in chicago (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, look, I'm I'm a wrestling fan. I know on a lot of the, in WWE they always, oh, we're in Chicago. They're in Rosemont. <laughs> they you know we're in Chicago, but they'll be in Rosemont. Rosemont's not far, but when you're in the city, that is quite a distance, especially when you're talking about possibly going out there to see a game in the middle of the week. You know, with traffic going on, you got to go out to Rosemont to see the guy. Now the new building, Wintrust Arena, which was built. 2018, which which they began to play there in 2018. Right in the heart of downtown of the city. Beautiful facility. Has some of the All-Star festivities there. I've been there a few times for DePaul Games. As you guys have seen on my social media, which you can catch at King Rouse Twenty One. I apologize for the cheap plug, but we'll roll with it. But the point is, you add Candace Parker to a team that is pretty much Almost trying to reestablish themselves in the city, they're playing in the heart of the Wintrust Arena. You bring in arguably the most recognizable WNBA player or women's basketball player in the country right now, in Candace Parker. I said arguably. You could say Brianna Stewart, maybe Asia Wilson, the WNBA MVP, Sue Bird, another one. But arguably one of the most recognizable WNBA players in the world right now. And you add that to a Chicago team that on the court is trying to has tried to make a run at a championship, been close, hasn't hasn't quite got hasn't quite hasn't quite got to the WNBA finals, but they've been close. They have a blueprint. You have a head coach in James Wade who has turned this team into a winner and clearly has the backing of the front office as he just got a multi-year extension through 2025. And now with playing in the WinTrust Arena, you add a recognizable face, it's a chance for the Chicago Sky to reestablish themselves here in the city as a legit winner. The city will back a winner. And now here's a chance for the Chicago Sky to sort of provide that winner within the WNBA and also a chance to now sort of create that pipeline in Chicago give young women a player to look up to someone inside the city that can help that can help show and provide the inspiration for the next generation of women's basketball players to come from the city of Chicago There's plenty of ways this can work for the Chicago Sky. There's plenty of optimism around the Chicago Sky off of this move of signing Candace Parker on Wednesday. The Chicago Sky, like I said, for the past few years, they've been close. You add Candace Parker on the court. You give yourself a chance by adding an interior weapon. On both ends of the court and someone to match up against a possible Asia Wilson, a Liz Cambage, a Brianna Stewart, a, and Arika Rika Ogumbawale, the leading scorer from Dallas a season ago. And then off the court, should we ever get back to having fans at games for the WNBA, but regardless... You get you get a recognizable face that's going to put more eyes on the Chicago sky and become a draw as this team sort of attempts to uh, attempts to establish not only a winner on the court but also a winner off the court within the city. It's really exciting actually to really think about the Chicago sky. Now that I think, <laughs> now that I've taken a second to really settle down and not look at the notes that I have for you guys, just. It's actually really exciting to think about the sky. I mean, I did plan on covering them last season, but I mean, the sky, like I said, for years they've just kind of been dismissed because once again, they they haven't been a winner. They've they've struggled to make the playoffs, but now here they are back in the hunt. They add Candace Parker, and that's it's just a huge pickup for the skies. Now, you know, I, I'm I'm, ups, I'm upset about the Bulls losing, but you know, I'm not I'm not too mad. But you know, it gives you an alternative. You know. <laughs> I mean that's that's a tough loss. Honestly, I just think that loss for the Bulls last night was Murphy's law. Just whatever could go wrong would go wrong. I mean, Damian Lillard hit a three in three seconds. Then Zach Levine gets tied up. The Bulls the Bulls lose the jump ball. Damian Lillard hits a three to win the game. It, I, honestly, I just think that was the basketball universe getting karma on the Bulls. <laughs> I think it was the basketball universe getting karma on the Bulls for that game last year, last season. When they beat Charlotte with Zach Levine, you know the game where Eric Eric Collins, the commentator for Charlotte, who I absolutely, I'm absolutely a fan. (laughs) Like I was like, I was watching the Hornets game against the Bucks the other day, and like, (laughs) he's just an entertaining commentator. But the game where Zach Levine got the steal, and you know he was, oh no, you know, (laughs) just (laughs) honestly, that game, both games look similar. The Bulls lost to the Blazers last night looked exactly similar to that, to that same finish, except instead of a steal by Zach Levine or a steal by Damian Lillard, it was a jump ball and tapped out to Damian Lillard. So I just feel like that was karma. You know, basketball karma getting the Bulls from stealing, for stealing that game from last season. And Portland caught them back. And plus, once again, like I said, Portland, once again, the Bulls, had, they had the 18-point comeback against Portland earlier this year. So the Blazers weren't going to take it light, despite the fact C.J. McCollum was out. Last night in last night's game, and actually, you know Portland, you know they, you know McCollum was out, but Portland they've been battling. They've been playing some pretty, pretty tough teams. They they've been hanging tough in that Western Conference, man. And they they have to, especially with the runs that Utah has been the Utah's been on. The Clippers holding on the first place they won earlier today over the Knicks. Denver, who had a rough start, they're back in the hunt. Golden State, no Clay Thompson, but Steph Curry playing at an MVP level. You know the late, and of course the Lakers are still the Lakers. So Portland got to hang tough in that Western Conference. But where I was going with that was basically, I mean, I mean the Bulls, the Bulls had a tough loss. They they they've had a few tough losses as of late. But hopefully, you know, with Candace Parker going to the sky, you know, hopefully. The sky can balance it out sort of on the WNBA side. Give you some of that. <laughs> you know, the Bulls are in a rebuild, and you hope maybe the sky can balance it out for you, give you that a winning Chicago basketball team. No disrespect to the Bulls, but it's, it's, still, it's still a work in progress with the Bulls is what I'm trying to say. So hopefully the sky can give us something while the Bulls still try to figure it out. That's me talking from a fan. I, I can't lie. I went a little too fan. I went a little too much in fan mode on this part, but, you know... <laughs> I guess it's time to wrap it up. I guess it's time to wrap up. Hey, Like I said, no more pump fakes. Finally, I finally got it up. Episode five, episode six. It's coming up next week. I promise. Next week, episode six of the World Class Hoops podcast. I have no title yet. I'll title it next week. But this is episode five. No more, No, uh, no more pump fakes. It's finally up. Remember, this is for January the 31st, 2021. So, until next time, remember you can catch the World Class Hoops Podcast on Twitter at wchp WCHPNetwork. Facebook.com at World Class Hoops Podcast. Also, Students of the Game on Twitter at SOTGChicago. Facebook.com at Students of the Game Chicago. And you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at KingRouse21. Also, the Art of Science Boxing Podcast is available on Twitter at A-R-T-O-F-S-C-I Boxing. And available on Facebook at The Art of the Science. And once again, this is another presentation of the World Class Who's Podcast, Episode 5. No more pump fakes. I guess I, yeah, definitely no more pump fakes because after I've hit stop on this recording, I guess the shot will be put up as soon as I edit it and then post it out here on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this edition of the World Class Who's podcast. Until then, wishing positive energy on you guys into the week ahead, and y'all be safe out there. It's been snowing all day here in Chicago, so that may, that might be why my mood is a little bit low, man. It's it's I'm sorry, man. It's been gloomy all day. I've been watching games, chilling all day, I'm, so. But until next time, man, you guys be safe out there, man. Once again, this is another presentation of the World Class Who's podcast, episode five in the books. No more pump fakes. It's a wrap, bro. It's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the World Class Hoops podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, wherever you may be. That's a wrap.